passage is shared in all three of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I prefer, and I'm just going to share the one out of the book of Mark. We're going to begin with verse 46, Mark 10, 46. Is the story begins to kind of unfold in front of us. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calls you. And he, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou I should do unto you? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray as we look at this passage and just search your heart in it, that we would immediately recognize some things within this story. I pray, Lord, that we would recognize that even though that you are the Son of God, that you would have every right to claim every privilege and to hold yourself up and separated and different from everybody else, that in this moment, that the person that you loved, that the person that you, that you were dealing with was blind and broken and a beggar. I thank you, Lord, that you paid no attention to the differences. And I pray, Lord, that you would find in our heart that same reality, that we would pay no attention to the differences. Lord, that we would be people whose arms are open, whose hearts are open, who love the people around us, whether they're like us or different, Lord, that we would absolutely be people of love, of compassion, of eagerness and tenderness as we see within this story. We see those two sides very easily. We see this blind man is calling out and those around saying, you you need to be quiet, you're going to bother him. I pray, Lord, that that is not who you've made us to be, but that we, with arms open and with hearts open, will be able to turn to those like Bartimaeus and invite them and welcome them. So let us just approach this tonight, Lord, and just from the tenderness of your heart, let us find the truth held within it. In Jesus' name, amen. Back to verse 46. So Jesus with his disciples are on their way to Jericho and followed by this great number of people, blind Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. We get this story to being very specific we look at it as Jesus is dealing with this man who is blind. But I want to tell you, every one of us have a story to tell because we, at some point in our life, have been and are Bartimaeus sitting there beside that road. Every one of us can and should be able say now or say in in the past, I sat beside that road. My heart was broken. My life was broken. My story was broken. I had the same needs and I had done everything I could do every day to solve my problems, to work through my issues, to overcome those things that have been wrong in my life and found myself in a place where I could not do it. For God to make the difference that he wants to make, every one of us have to come to that place where we come to the end of ourself 
where we come to the end of our resources, to the ability of our hands, to the end of the ability of our heart, we have to come to that end because God stands there willing, lovingly, ready, but he's too much of a gentleman to push himself on us. He will wait for that invitation to come. Here's Jesus walking along and he hears this voice because Bartimaeus in the early stages of his faith, someone somewhere had told him, someone had mentioned that there's this guy that's in the area and his name is Jesus. And when people are around him, when people come to him, drastically different things happen. By this time, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. So we're three years into his story. So others have told Bartimaeus, there's this guy named Jesus, and I heard the story that he healed someone. He spat on the ground, and he made mud, and he rubbed it in this guy's eyes, told him to go wash, and he was healed. I heard of Jesus. They lowered this guy down through the roof, and they laid him in front of him because he couldn't walk, and he was healed. His sins were forgiven, and Jesus told him to take up his mat and walk, and he did. So what's happening in Bartimaeus all the time? At every word of Jesus, what's happening in Bartimaeus? I need to get to him. Our testimonies of what God has done, our testimonies of the reality of God in our life, not church, as great as that is, not of our classes, which as good as they are, what changes people's lives is how God interacted with me, what God has done in my life, the healing, the restoration, the deliverance that God has brought to me, that I can share, that I can tell somebody, that will begin to make a difference. Somebody had told Bartimaeus, Somebody had mentioned Jesus' name. So when here comes this entourage and Bartimaeus is talking. He says, what's going on? And somebody says, here comes Jesus. It's written in those other gospels. I guarantee you, you could not stop. You could not have quieted Bartimaeus' voice. They tried. What does it say? It says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. I guarantee you, when we begin to recognize the powerful difference that Jesus can make in our life, the reality of what the Holy Spirit can do, no one will be able to quiet our voice. No one's opinion, no one's thoughts, no one's message will be able to quiet the hope that has risen in us because we recognize that Jesus has made a huge difference. I can tell you, when people are are new, and we have a few new people here tonight, when, when you walk in, you may believe that we know each other. Well, we know each other a little bit, but we're all relatively new in these relationships. But this I can promise you. Any person who stands right here to share a testimony to, would tell you to, immediately, I was in the position that Bartimaeus was in. I was lost. I was broken. My life was a mess until Jesus and our lives began to change. That is everyone's story. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Sinners now drastically changed because of what Jesus has done. Bartimaeus had a great hope. He had a great expectation. And when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he began to cry out, Son of David. That's unusual. The only reason that he would call Jesus by that title, which was his messianic title, would be that the message of the Old Testament was already believed by Bartimaeus. He had to at some point been told about the Messiah that was coming. Isaiah 35, 5 says this, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. So what do you think is happening in Bartimaeus? When he hears that name Jesus, his mind's going back to this promise that has been made hundreds and hundreds of years before. 
but a promise that was made back there that when you hear the name Jesus, he will open the eyes of those who are blind. I promise you, when Bartimaeus began to hear that name Jesus, he said, that's the son of David that was promised to us in Isaiah. That's the one we've been waiting for. That's the one we've been looking for. God has made us great promises, and this is one of them. He says, anyone who believes in my name, confesses that with their mouth, will be saved. Everyone. He has promised that assurance of salvation. He's established that promise of hope. He's given us the assurance of that life, eternal life. And that's been given to us from generation to generation to generation. But we have to, like Bartimaeus, it has to become real for me. I don't care what Bartimaeus knew. I don't know what, how much history he knew. I don't know how much of the Old Testament he knew. But he knew one thing, that the promise that was made in Isaiah 35, 5 can now become real in my life. I can see, even though I sit here as blind. He cried out all the more. He was desperate for Jesus. Truly, truly desperate. One of the reasons that we struggle in in our walk with God is we rarely find ourselves desperate. We rarely find ourselves in the situation where the only answer that we have is Jesus. You know, I have shared testimonies of different people, and part of those testimonies are if, if we don't have faith in God, we don't have it. Because there's not a doctor to go to, there's not a hospital to visit. If God's not real to us, then we have nothing to offer these people because we can't offer them the abundance of home. All we can offer him is the reality of God. So he cried out all the more. And Jesus asked this question, what will you have me to do? And I guess my response, if I'm sitting there blind on this rug beside the road begging, blind being that characteristic that really stands out, and Jesus says, what will you have me do? I'm not sure that I would respond in this way, but I know somewhere in my heart I might have said, well, isn't it obvious what's wrong, what I want you to do? What was the point? Why was it necessary? Because I hope you get this. I'm struggling with this a little bit myself. What was the point? Was it God wanted Bartimaeus to specifically articulate to him what he wanted? We have strangely learned to deal with God in broad generalities. You know, I had a situation come up this week and uh, the person that was involved in this, he had some problems in his life in his marriage. And he called me yesterday morning. And as I began to pray about, God, what's the answer? What's causing this difficulty in his marriage? I asked him, how many other people have physically been in your life before you were married? Uh, The number was staggering. Because what the Lord had shown me is that we have a tendency to deal in generalities. In every relationship that he had in all of these previous relationships, he had given away part of his heart so that when we got married a few years ago, he gave his wife a marginalized heart. And he had never gone back specifically and recaptured his heart from those previous relationships. God always wants to move in with specifics and not generalities. We make it broad and general and God is saying no. There has to be forgiveness, there has to be recovery in this specific relationship. And God wants, as he did here with Bartimaeus, he wanted Bartimaeus to to specifically articulate what was on his heart. So when we start praying to God, we don't pray just in these generalities of healing. We pray specifically those things that God gives us because he wants us at any time to be able to articulate those things before him. We have an unfortunate tendency to just approach God in these broad generalities. It's like if I were to say to my wife when I do something wrong, well, I'm sorry. 
how appealing is that broad statement? If it's going to do any good, it's going to be, I'm sorry that yesterday morning I said this to you and I hurt your feelings. Why? Because it's in the specifics that the recovery comes. God deals in specifics. And he's asking Bartimaeus here, I want you to clearly articulate what it is that is on your heart. And he goes on and Jesus called him to him and asked him that question. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I wonder how long Bartimaeus had dreamed of saying that. I wonder how many years he had waited because no one had come along to whom he could say it and it would make any difference. He might have said it a thousand times. I wish I could receive my sight. I wish I could see. But this is the first time that somebody's standing there saying, what will you have me to do for you? And he could clearly articulate and say one thing. I want to receive my sight. I bring such a point here because my suspicion is anytime we come together, that there are many people sitting out there who say, God, I have one thing on my heart. Just one thing. I want one thing. And I just encourage you to be very specific with God. I'll share a couple of testimonies, and and I I don't want these to be misunderstood because they're just testimonies. But I don't know how many times, uh, you know, I'll share this one. I'll just pick this one out of several. But but last year, when Max and Debbie and their family were going to Africa along with the team, you know, that was five people. 3000 something dollars a piece. So that number that they had needed to raise to go on their portion of the trip was $15,769. And I had said clearly to myself with some resolve, I'm not asking the church to pay it. I'm not going to ask the church to contribute. I'm not going to do it. And again, I can take you to the place I was standing in my backyard. I could put my feet in exactly the same tracks today as I was then. When God, and he he did it oddly because he said, I'm fixing to say something to you. He's never done that before. He's never said that. It startled me when he said, I'm fixing to tell you something. So I just stood in my tracks. It was very quiet. And he said, it's the churches to pay. And it's like, I stepped out of the flower bed still saying no. And I realized what I'd done. I realized the no that I just said back to God. So I let that settle and I let it kind of resolve in me and you know, because of the unfolding of other events, it took me a couple of weeks, but I made the announcement that we were going to take a collection for, for Max and Debbie and that, their family to pay for their portion of the trip to, to Kenya. And I'd asked Max, I said, how much do you need? And he said, we need $15,000. So we took up that offering that morning and they brought me the note and the offering was $15,969, $200 more than the specific amount. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what that was about. That night, Max shared that the total amount, $15,769, but that the week before, some family had come to their home needing something, and the $200 that they had saved for their trip to Africa, they had just given away. So you sit here and realize how specific God was to the dollar plus the $200 that they had given away. God deals in specifics so that we will know it's him. He loves doing that so that we will know it's him to have a $42,000 need and for it to be specifically given $42,000 and how that story unfolded. God loves for it to minister to us us specifically so that we will know that it was him so that we can share that testimony and create hope. And I'll just conclude with this in verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Faith to ask God, faith to anticipate, 
Faith to call out. Faith to have the expectation that Jesus could do something. Faith that he could ask. Faith that it would allow him to accept what Jesus wanted to do. And then faith to call him Lord. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. We have a mindset today that we have to squeeze the blessings out of God. That somehow he's grown very stingy. I can tell you it's not true. He is a loving father who wants to give an abundance. Maybe not according to the abundance that we keep asking for. Because he actually, as parents do, don't give our kids what what they want. We give them what, what they need because we can see what they can't see. God is our father. He loves us that way. He will not give us what we want. He will give us what he knows is absolutely the best. Which is better than what our hearts could ever imagine. He's really good at knowing what we need next.